You're listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast, hosted by Joe Hunter on the Sound of Life at soundoflife.org. This is a kudos to like homeschooling and uh, being young and in college. He's in Oklahoma City, and he became the youngest college student in Oklahoma history. His name is Elijah Muhammad Jr. Just started his freshman year at Oklahoma City Community College. Last month, of course, he's currently enrolled in three classes, part of his major cybersecurity. Well, that figures. He's pretty young. He told the news team that he shocked his classmates when he first walked into class. A bunch of them were like, how old are you? As my wife always says when she looks at these young athletes on TV, she goes, okay, he's 12. Well, it turns out Elijah really is 12. <laughs> he walked into the classroom as a 12-year-old. Once I told them my age, they were all surprised. He uh, is also homeschooled. He's currently a high school senior and will graduate high school, get an associate's degree at the same time next year. He actually becomes the youngest black college student in Oklahoma history. Awesome. Yeah. The Sound of Life. Probably ought to preface this by saying that, well, it's not for everybody, but you might change your paradigm a little bit. This father certainly did. It's pretty amazing, really. His name is Hector. And he said, good morning, I'm here to pick up my son, he said to the lady sitting at the main entrance to the high school. Is your son feeling sick today? Nope, I answered. I'm taking him to an important appointment I have this morning. Okay, I understand. What's his last name? Quintania, Q-U-I-N-T-A-N-I-L-L-A, I answered. She got on the phone, called my kid's classroom. A few minutes later, I saw my teenager walking out a huge door. And I'm certainly glad I didn't lie to the lady telling her that he was feeling sick because my boy couldn't contain his smile expressing F-R-E-E-D-O-M all over his face. Yes. He said, I'm extremely, the father, Hector, said, I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity I had today to have my teenager with me in a real estate investing seminar. I'm working on his mindset, you see? And the dad is very motivated. He said, I love delegating work. I also like doing business, outsourcing with people I can trust. But I've decided to stop outsourcing my kids' education to a system I don't trust. Very interesting, isn't it? A little bit of a twist, pulling your kid out of school for a photo shoot, okay, that's cool. To go uh, on a vacation, that's cool. To go sit with a parent in a business seminar, maybe that's something in the future for you, huh? A great way to start your day, the Cup of Joe Morning Show. I was going to talk about Albert Pujols and all the talk about Aaron Judge, especially here in Yankee land, getting a, a record number of home runs in a season. Uh, Albert Pujols, who plays for St. Louis Cardinals, became only the fourth Major League Baseball player in history to hit 700 career home runs. Quite a deal. But I'm more interested in his personal life, and you have to scroll way down to the bottom of the page because there's a lot of baseball statistics. First of all, he's from the Dominican Republic. He's a couple years ago, got his um, American citizenship. But I've heard his, him and his wife 
on tele, uh, not television, uh, well, they may have been on television. I've heard them on Focus on the Family radio program talking about their Pujols Family Foundation. It's a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to their commitment to faith, family, and others, especially promoting awareness of Down syndrome and uh, works to support those who haven't in their families. And uh, aids people in the Dominican Republic, supports people with disabilities and life-threatening illnesses. Okay, one of his children is Down syndrome. Um, so you know, there's all kinds of work off the field that is amazing. But uh, they have five kids. I was absolutely stunned because I did not know that in April he filed for divorce from his wife. Wow. And, I mean, I don't know, he's a very, very big public figure in evangelical Christian circles. Wow, that just really stunned me. So, pray for him and his wife, Deidre. I just remember hearing her, I thought, boy, she's really a fireball. You know, she really runs those, that 501c3 that they created. Man, that really, that really stunned me. I hate to see that. Wow. So that's part of his personal life right there. You know, and out in the world, that's probably news that goes right on by. But, boy, that's uh, that hits hard right there. Mm, so we'll be praying for them. And I'm sure he would and she would certainly appreciate it. You know, guy can do miracles. He's in the restoration business, right? And that's it. On a Monday, Mug Day, and coming up right after Dr. Tony Evans in a few minutes... I'll give you an opportunity, a fun time we'll be having. If you do not have a Cup of Joe Morning Show travel mug, it's a great opportunity to get one. So stay tuned. Your daily dose of encouragement. I've got a smile on my face and a twinkle in my eye. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. Here we go on a Monday mug day. It's going to be fun. Your opportunity to get the one and only Cup of Joe Morning Show travel mug. I call it Bible Jeopardy, but you do not have to put your answer in the form of a question. You can if you want to. First person with the correct answer on the hotline, you win. The hotline is toll-free, 800-946-1765. What did John the Baptist eat in the desert? Personally, I think it was Chick-fil-A, but what did John the Baptist eat in the desert? Locust, chicken, or fish? Locust, chicken, or fish? Ooh, the Cup of Joe hotline <laughs> is open. Waking up with a cup of Joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I stopped doing the standing and the walking and the words putting into sentence doing. The sound of life. This is the Cup of Joe morning show hotline. It is Monday Mug Day. I'm always curious to see if anybody wants my mugs. <laughs> to answer a biblical question, maybe so. Hey, who knows? Maybe it comes. Never mind. Uh, let's go to the Cup of Joe Morning Show hotline and see who is there. See if we got a live one. Good morning. Hi, this is Stacy Freiberger from Goshen. Hey, Stacy. I hope you're doing okay. Do you want my mug? Of course. Okay. What did John the Baptist eat in the desert? I'm pretty sure it wasn't Chick-fil-A, but was it? I was going to say, I'd like to say it was Chick-fil-A because <laughs> I love missing Chick-fil-A, but I'm going to say locust. Locust is... covered in the Chick-fil-A black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> locust is correct. You win. Congratulations. Ooh. 
Thank you. Okay, Stacy, here we go. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Clap some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. The sound of life. Max Lucado thought is always good. Love the way he writes. And I, I was talking to him one time and I said, man, you have like written more books than I have read. But then, you know, he said, well, of course. Anyway, you want a key, right? This Today, the key is this. Meet today's problems with today's strength. See, don't start tackling tomorrow's problems, really, until you get to tomorrow. Because you don't have tomorrow's strength yet. You simply have enough for today. Like the way he breaks it down, right? Today. The Sound of Life. Hey, I am Joe. And I wasn't going to preach to you, but Kirsten Holmberg reminded me of something. So, that's eh, kind of a little devotional. But it is interesting when you think about it. I mean, if you had an opportunity by some wild set of circumstances to go to the International Space Station, you'd probably be like, well, okay, yeah, I'll go. That would like be the premier event on your calendar, right? Well, not if you're astronaut Chris Ferguson, and he had to make that decision. He was the commander of the flight crew scheduled for a journey to the International Space Station. His decision didn't have anything to do with mechanics, flight, safety of his fellow astronauts. It pertained to his family because he wasn't going to go to the International Space Station when his daughter was getting married. You know, you would think like, well, daughter, you change your marriage plans, you know. Change the date of the wedding. I got to go to the space station. He didn't do that. Wow. Talk about a difficult decision. I mean, we all face those decisions like that. It's pretty amazing. And Jesus, of course, was reminding people and his disciples. He said, it's going to require you to deny yourself in order to walk with me. Uh, You know, and a lot of times you've been tempted to spare them sacrifices which require following Christ. You know, they'd probably be like, well, you know, and a lot of times, a lot of people probably did in Jesus's day, right? We're tempted to pursue things that seem of great value, but they distract us from following Jesus. So, Father God, we just ask you to guide us in the choices we face each day so we will choose wisely because we want to honor you. Amen. Yes, indeedy. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't imagine traveling to school every day without it. It helps me um, in my prayer over our school and our students and teachers. So thank you for all that you do. The sound of life. Freedom is only in Jesus, really. Not really in a utopia town. And you know as well as I do, I mean, for a long time, ever since we started the boom after World War II, got going really in the 50s, you know, we had color TVs and microwaves and indoor plumbing, <laughs> things like that. We envisioned a land of the future where it would be a kind of a utopia. We'd all be living in peace because we'd all be zipping around with our flying cars Stuff like that, right? Well, now this billionaire executive has a vision for a new city in America, he's called it. I think he has a name for it. It's called Telosa. Telosa? Hmm. It's a sustainable metropolis. They all are. They all have been, right? Of course, you, 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 you point out the theme to me, all right? Point out the theme to me as I 
talk about the amenities in this wonderful utopian place. Uh, uh, the uh, It's eco-friendly architecture. I don't even know what that means, but sustainable energy production. All right. Probably the sun, maybe windmill. The the sun's energy gets a little, little lower at night. <laughs> Be careful. Purportedly a drought-resistant water system. All right. And you always wonder when one of these things, when there's a snafu in one of these, what's going to happen? A 15-minute city design. Oh, the idea is you don't live more than 15 minutes away from where you work. What happens if you like the area that's 20 minutes away and you're willing to work, drive 20 minutes to work? There are people that you're driving right now. You drive way further than that to work. And you wouldn't change? No? (laughs) It's going to be out west somewhere. Of course it is. And, of course, we'll have a diverse group of people. Just pull them out of any city, probably, and hit that. Okay. Uh, And it's supposed to start out with a certain number and then jump up. A public green space will stretch throughout the spine of the city, giving easy access to nature. Then you'll have futuristic organic skyscrapers. Zooming monorails. Always... (laughs) <laughs> for, for 70 years. The, the futuristic utopian city always has zooming monorails. Do you think there were monorails in heaven? For Any years? town that could dream <laughs> up a hoax like this. Waking up with a cup of joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love, the blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. This may be uh, an unanswerable situation here. Schools in, you know, uh, smartphones in school. Can you do that? So we're talking about that yesterday. It was a school, it was a private school, it was a Catholic school in Texas. They started a new policy this year where it, no, you have to check your phone when you come into the school. You can check it. You can check your phone when you're on a break. But no, none in the classroom if they confiscated it. If it, your parents have to come and pick it up or guardian and it's a fine. And they've only confiscated 12 so far this year where they used to confiscate 12 to 15 a day. Now, some people argue, and rightly so. Well, what if you, you're not recording anything in the classroom? Sometimes that's advantageous. Right. Um, but they noticed a big difference. That's all I can say is they, you know, they, they said the kids used to come down the hallway, look like a, a extras in a zombie movie. And now they're all standing around talking to each other. They're talking to the teachers. Even parents said at home they are different. So it's very interesting the difference that it does make. Amazing. Of course, one teacher said, you know, when I give an exam, all right, Usually, maybe one or two students during the exam would have to be let out to go to the restroom. And now it's like half the class. And he said, I know what they're doing. They're going out and getting the answers on their phone. You know, and I thought, well, why shouldn't they cheat? When they see cheating going on in horse racing, car racing, bike racing. I'm just saying racing because now there's a lot of money in it. See cheating going on in different walks of life. Wow, you know that's a that's a very important thing. They they're going to emulate what they see, what they know, because then oh, uh, it's okay. 
you know, they do it. And that's one of the things about the phone. How you gonna? You're, you're preaching to your kids about the time they spend on their phone, and here you are sitting over there on the lazy boy, you know, scrolling away. It's a, it's an interesting conundrum I throw out there to you. Right? Houston, we have a problem. Yeah. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Oh, you're a smooth talker. You are. You are. The sound of life. I'm going to try to post this. Uh, they call it the um, interact. It's an interactive map that will help you plan a precise, precise fall foliage road trip. All right. My dad and I and family living in North Carolina. Every year, he would always talk, oh, yeah, man, you got those mountains in Vermont. You know, they're just all one side of them is yellow or all one side is red. And he always wanted to come here and see that. And then I moved here, and I don't think he really cared as much about seeing the leaves as he cared about about seeing me. So a great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. Uh, my hobby would be talking like someone else. Wife only. It's amazing. Um, I draw, you know, used to. That was a lot of fun. It was really cool. And uh, I've always admired that. One time I went with my dad to his workplace. He worked for Western Electric. This was in North Carolina. It was part of what was AT&T, I guess. Um, anyway, it was big then. So they had Bring Your Hobby to Work Day. So I went with it. It was amazing. It was astounding. You know, to see all the uh, things that people had built, worked on, stuff like that. I always admired people that could restore old cars, you know? I mean, you see what they start with, and then you're like, it lasts about an hour at that. And I'd be like throwing things against the garage. That's it. You know, I mean, I, I do good just to, well, to be honest with you, I gave up changing oil. <laughs> in the car. Remember, last time I was running down my arm and, you know, taking it off. I'm like, all right, that's it. I'm paying for this from now on. But kind of wondering, yes, Susan, you got a hobby? Well, I, I like sewing, actually. And um, I like sewing and I do a little bit of needlework, but not a lot. A lot of craft, crafty type things with my grandkids. That's but. pretty awesome. There you go. Teach them something. <laughs> God bless you today, Susan. Well, thank you so much. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Might as well get up and do something. The Sound of Life. Got to thank a couple of ladies. They're described in the article as ladies who made a high school, it's a boys high school team, able to play. Small schools have an issue sometimes with having enough people to field a team. And, you know, there's a lot of small towns around, not just New York, but the whole country. And there's places where... Just having somebody in uniform can keep them from having to forfeit, and it happened not all that long ago at a high school. And they were—it's it, a mystery to me because they were facing a forfeit, and so these two, as they're described, senior ladies, Natalie and Callie, stepped way out of their comfort zone to put on shoulder pads and a helmet to make sure that the high school would have a, a game. That they would be represented there. I just pictured <laughs> senior AARP type ladies. I really did. Standing on the sideline in shoulder pads and a uniform just to make sure they had enough players so they could play. But I might have been wrong about that. <laughs> I've been talking about this for a couple of days. 
And I thought, what? It, you know, it, when I read about how they punted the ball, the first one of them kicked the ball 42 yards, first time they'd ever punted the ball. I thought, wait, wait, that's very unusual. I mean, I don't know. They, I love their spirit, though. They said they just wanted to show their fellow athletes and students that it's okay to go play a sport you've never played before just so your hometown team wouldn't have to forfeit their games or even the season. You don't necessarily have to be good at the sport, but be willing to go out there. I'm going to put that on my hoodie, my sweatshirt. Have fun. Give it your all. We support the, the support we received last night was amazing, and we never expected anything. We just wanted to help. Okay, so the scoreboard that night was not in their favor, but judging by the big smiles on their face, I think they were the ones that had the most fun. But I think I have figured this out right here because it, it, you know it, the key is reading, kids, studying and reading, and it'll help you in every aspect of life. You will be pulling the door instead of pushing it, trying to get it open if you read. But it just, it said that they they were described later on as two young ladies who knew a thing or two about playing shorthanded. So I'm really thinking that the senior ladies referred to senior in high school ladies, right? All I'm right? saying is that there are some things beyond the camp. Waking up with a cup of joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. Realizing you're probably doing this, you're way ahead of me on this, but they're very simple, really, ways to help your child deal with peer pressure because that's what they're going to get. And the first thing you need to do, and it's just three simple things. Help your kids learn how to spot peer pressure. That may be the hardest thing to do. Realize, oh, wait a minute. thats They're just trying to get you to go with them. You know, you know what? Teach your kids how to deal with peer pressure. In other words, give your kids permission to make you the bad guy. That's one of the most important things ever. I've heard this for years. Dr. Dobson going way back in the day. He said, man, make, make sure... That when the kids, like, when they want to go do something mischievous, you say, I've got to get home. I've got to be home by 9, or I'm a dead man. My dad will kill me if I'm not, you know, whatever you have to say. Whatever. And those rest of those kids are like, oh, man, I wish my dad said that. You know, so I have to be home because I don't want to go out and get in trouble. That's what they're thinking. So you you be the bad kids, right? And you be their Uber driver, you're not going to like to hear that, but you've got to be their driver 24-7, 365, and all they have to do is call, and they should know you will be there. All right? And give them a code word. That's something I never had growing up, but, you know, maybe maybe X-Ray Yankee Zulu. <laughs> I don't know. Something. <laughs> Yankee Zulu dad. <laughs> something, something. I mean, I don't know. Code word, that's always a good thing, you know, in case they have to watch what they're going to say. And uh, you should role play saying no. <laughs> a lot of us should role play saying a new. <laughs> that would be new, which is no in any language. <laughs> okay? And uh, I guess you can coach them on how to live through the response, and there's a website on that, which I will post for you on Cup of Joe on your Facebook page. Open your kids out. Right? Yeah. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Look, I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. The Sound of Life. Good morning. I am Joe. And, of course, if you've 
been in a hurricane like most of the people in Florida. I'm telling you, my wife and I were in Orlando when Irma came through. And, I mean, it wasn't as powerful as this one, especially in Orlando. But they knew exactly what to do. Nobody got excited. They just, they didn't know how to shut down everything, throw all the furniture in the pool. That's what they do. You know, put trash bags around the outdoor lights and stuff. They just go, it's a methodical thing they go through and they just hunker down. And then that's the way it is. And it blows over and they come back. And everybody from Key West comes up to Orlando with their dogs and stuff. It's kind of neat. But uh, to Category 4 right now, this Hurricane Ian headed for the west coast of Florida. Category 4 is a minimum of 130 mile an hour winds. And this isn't a 30-minute thunderstorm kind of deal. This is all day. So, And the aftermath may be something. So I wanted to get a hold of my friend living in Florida, but not on the West Coast anymore, are you? You're, you're more inland, so you think things will be okay. Right? I think we're going to be okay. We're just going to have like a tropical storm. Right. And it's not going to come until Friday. But it's um, they're preparing. They're, the football fields are loaded with um, trucks from power different power companies and buses for all the linemen to sleep in and everything. So this is not their first rodeo. But you know what? God is good. That's all I can say. Wow. You don't give me more than you can't handle, right? You yeah. should be okay. No different than you all getting ready for those snowstorms. That's true. Thank you for reminding you know, me of that. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> I was just in New York for 11 days. It was freezing there some morning. It was. Yes. My, my friend, she had foot surgery. Oh. So I came to help her so that her husband didn't have to take off work. See, you are something, man. You're amazing. Yeah. Wow. So I said, let me come and help you. So I did. And then, so I stayed for uh, 11 days while I she can't walk. She can't drive for eight weeks. So Wow. But now she can get around on that little knee scooter, so she's doing good. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I've stopped doing the standing and the walking and the words, putting it to sentence, doing. The sound of life. Thinking about freedom from animals. That's what I'm thinking. So I will say this. If you live in the city and you're thinking about the quietness and Getting away from it all in the countryside, I just want to tell you about a couple of things. Well, actually, it's a whole slew of things, and they're called the animals that live there now. <laughs> okay? So, you know, we have the usual squirrels and chipmunks, a lot of chipmunks, deer now uh, coming through. We do have coyotes, uh, and a lot of people have those. They come through. Thank God we don't have bear, bears. You know, and a lot of you do deal with that. Love to hear those stories because that man, it's a lot of those, including here at the Sound of Life. We've had, thank God, just a couple of times they've come through, caught them on the security cameras. But the squirrels lately have gotten into the community dumpster. We share that with four families. We have there, it's real convenient and cool and everything. But now the squirrels have gotten used to human food. And so they did just make a mess. I mean, I don't want to hurt them. You know, but and you can kind of put up with it, I guess. Deal with it. But uh, and then I did have a squirrel in the house. He ate through the screen on the window in the kitchen. Maybe it tasted good. That's what I'm thinking. Got in, messed up some stuff and took off and then came back later and tried to finish chewing up the screen when the window was closed. I'm very concerned about that squirrel. And I'm hoping he's gone or something. But I just, I'm not making this up. I just mentioned two nights ago to my wife, wow, we used to have a lot of raccoons back in the day. 
I know back in the 1980s, my friend Al lived off of Salt Hill Road. There. In, in a park, they had a community dumpster, big one. He showed me photographs. That was a whole family of raccoons living in there. It wasn't unusual. And uh, some said in the 90s, when I came here, in the mid-90s, they, they weren't around. I th- they think rabies came through or something. I said, wow, thank- thankfully we don't have that problem. We do have that problem now. Two raccoons have taken up what the squirrels couldn't do in our little community dumpster. What do I do? And they really make a mess. I don't know what to do. I really don't. So, you know, I mean, I guess ideally catch them humanely, move them somewhere else. <laughs> Just let a couple of raccoons off in the yard, sir. It'll be okay. Be going in a second. There is a fine line between genius and madness. The sound of life. I thought this was pretty amazing. It's not going to start out that way when you lose a spouse, but bear with me on this from Michelle. So my parents were married for 55 years. One morning, my mom was going downstairs to make dad breakfast. She had a heart attack and fell. My father picked her up as best he could, almost dragged her into the truck at full speed, heading to the hospital. Unfortunately, my mom was no longer with us by the time he got there. During the funeral, said my father didn't speak. His gaze was lost. He hardly cried. And that night, when all the children gathered around him, you know, it was an atmosphere of pain and nostalgia. My father's listening carefully. Then he suddenly said, take me to the cemetery. We're like, it's 11 o'clock at night, Dad. Can't go to the cemetery. And he's like, don't argue with me. Let's go. You don't argue with a man just lost his wife for 55 years. So they all got in there and they explained everything to the security guard. And with a flashlight, they went and they found where Mom was, her grave and stuff. Dad spent some time there, right? He said, you know, it was 55 years, you know. No one can talk about true love if they have no idea what it's like to share life with a woman. He paused, wiped his face. She said, See, and I, she and I were together in that crisis. I changed jobs. We packed up. We sold the house. We moved out of town. We shared the joy of seeing our children finish their careers. We mourned the departure of loved ones side by side. We prayed together in the waiting room of some hospitals. We support each other in pain. We hug each other each Christmas, and we forgive our mistakes. Children, now it's gone, and I'm happy. You know why? (laughs) Before she, she, because she left me before I did. She didn't have to go through the agony and pain of burying me, of being left alone after my departure. I'll be the one to go through that. And I thank God. I love her so much. I wouldn't have liked her to suffer. Wow. So when Michelle said, when my father finished speaking, my brothers and I were all tears streaming down our face. We hugged him. He comforted us. He said, it's okay. We can go home. It's been a good day. Michelle's thinking, you know, that night I understood what true love is. It's far from romanticism. Rather, it's linked to work, to compliment, to care, and above all, to the true love that two really committed people profess. Hope that blesses you. Waking up with a cup of joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. It is coming up on 614 on this National Coffee Day. Not making that up. That's a real thing. I mean, I know you would think, well, with a name like Cup of Joe Morning Show. Um, well, 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 sometime this morning, we'll get to why it's called a Cup of Joe. 
Uh, but uh, I was thinking, you know, we have one of these coffee makers here. We have to have some pretty good coffee makers to make, what is it, a couple of billion coffee cups of coffee every day. That's in the world. That's, I mean, not. So I know you're thinking that's just like in your neighborhood, but it's not quite. But we have uh, we have a Keurig, right? And I always thought, you know, with the name Keurig, K-E-U-R-I-G, has to be European, maybe Scandinavian, right? Keurig beverage brewing system invented in 1992 in a far-off land called Massachusetts. That's right. And they teamed up with that, uh, what is it, the Roasters, the Green Mountain Roasters, right? They kind of went. And then they teamed up with a very unlikely, or well, or is it? I guess it is. It's a beverage, right? The Dr. Pepper Snapple Group. I said, what? Now, I realize I may have just crushed your whole idea of that wonderful curing coffee maker that you have right there. But So now your coffee. And by the way, you, you can win some Joe coffee. All right. That's the name coming up. Thought it was kind of appropriate to put in your Cup of Joe morning show travel mug. Okay. So it's a big deal coming up this morning. It'll be a uh, trivia question. First person with the correct answer on the hotline will win it. By the way, the hotline's 800-946-1765. That is coming up. All right. So your opportunity to win is coming up. So stay tuned. Big deal this morning. Cup of Joe morning show. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. On this National Coffee Day, we're celebrating right here on Cup of Joe Morning Show. Quite appropriate that you could win some Joe Coffee along with the Cup of Joe Morning Show travel mug, the one and only, coming up. All right. First person with the correct answer to this question, well, you win right now. I'm going to do it at 6, well, obviously at 620 coming up. And I'm going to do it at 720 and 822. The Cup of Joe hotline is 800-946-1765. The drink coffee dates back to what year? 1776, 1492, or 800 A.D.? First person with the correct answer, you win. The hotline is open. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Somehow, I, I, I don't know... You know when technical things hit, and it's, it's when, if you don't believe in the devil, then you have never worked a church sound system or been on the radio because you can have something lined up that works perfect the day before. Nothing has moved except a few spiders around in here, and it's something wrong. <laughs> I know Stephanie's tried to call a couple of times, and she probably said, "I gotta go to work. I can't. I want to win the coffee and the mug." But uh, if you call me back, I'll try to do it a different way right there. Uh, that's our first <laughs> trivia of the day. Wow. It's going to be something. Uh, the, uh, the the drink coffee, the question for the win is the drink coffee dates back to what year? 1776, 1492, or 800 A.D. It's pretty simple right there. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. You're as funny as a cry for help. The sound of life. Thank God for you. On this National Coffee Day, kind of appropriate that uh, <laughs> Dave Brandon would remind me about a situation in his life. He said, I'm not a coffee drinker. You don't ever start a conversation like that. <laughs> but anyway, Dave, I love you. But uh, he said, one sniff of coffee brings, coffee beans brings me a moment of both solace and wistfulness. 
When our teenage daughter, Melissa, was making her bedroom uniquely hers, she filled a bowl with coffee beans to permeate her room with a warm, pleasant scent. Well, it's been nearly two decades, Dave said, since Melissa's earthly life ended in a car accident at the age of 17. But we still have the coffee bean bowl. It gives us a continual aromatic remembrance of Mel's life with us. You know, there's found in scripture as well, two fragrances. It's an amazing reminder. That was a real thing back in the day. Song of Song refers to fragrances fragrances as a, a symbol of love between a man and a woman. And in, in Hosea, in the Bible, God's forgiveness of Israel is said to be a fragrance like a cedar of Lebanon. Oh, this must have been amazing. Mary's anointing of Jesus' feet, which caused the house of Mary and her siblings to be filled with the fragrance of the perfume, pointed ahead to Jesus' death. Wow. The idea of a fragrance can also help us be mindful of our testimony, our faith. We are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ. Back in those days when the Roman army would go out, when they won, they would send a runner in, of course, ahead of the whole group that was coming back. And he would pronounce the victory. And on the day of arrival, a few days later, uh, the incense would be all over the town. The incense of victory, that's what Paul is referring to. We are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. It's like the scent of a coffee bean reminds Dave of his daughter, Melissa. May our lives produce a scent of Jesus and his love that reminds others of their need in him. Fragrance. Very, very big deal. Well, good morning. Listener supported The Sound of Life. I am Joe on this National Coffee Day. You figure Cup of Joe morning show would celebrate. So we are, right? Giving away coffee. It's pretty amazing. We found, believe it or not, Wake Up Joe Coffee. Pretty cool. Either that or it's either the name or just, you know, good advice. But uh, that will go in if you win the one and only Cup of Joe Morning Show Travel Mug. And, of course, trivia question coming up in a few minutes right after Dr. Tony Evans. Watch check the weather. Got a little trivia question for you, right, on the way in the winter at 800-946-1765. Well, you win this hour. There you go right here. I found out an amazing statistic I'll just share with you because imagine it's true because it came from good housekeeping, beauty lab chemist about coffee. You can save your leftover beans hmm, as a do-it-yourself scrub, body scrub. Yeah. Coffee grounds, I'm quoting now, coffee grounds are physical exfoliators that can lift off dead skin cells, making skin feel smooth and look brighter. Sounds good. Sounds very good. I, I think, honestly, I'm just going to keep throwing my coffee you know, the used coffee. I'm going to throw it on a garden. That's kind of the way I'm going. Well, <laughs> on with the show. The Sound of Life. All right, here we go on National Coffee Day, celebrating right here. And uh, I'll take my travel mug and put some coffee that we got in there. It's Joe Coffee. I thought you probably liked that, right? It's pretty cool, I think. Hope you do, too. To win, be the first person with the correct answer on the hotline, 800-946-1765. To this question, who grows the most coffee in the world? The USA, Canada, 
or Brazil. <laughs> All right. Who grows the most coffee in the world, USA, Canada, or Brazil? Call me right now. The Cup of Joe hotline is the sound of life. <laughs> oh, yes, on National Coffee Day. Celebrate a little bit by giving you some Joe coffee. I'll put it in your Cup of Joe morning show travel mode. First person with the correct answer on the hotline. Well, you win. And I got Angelica on the hotline. How are you doing? Good, good. I'm drinking my coffee, and I'm like, it's not Monday, but we're doing coffee. <laughs> <laughs> coffee mug. Yeah. National Coffee Day. So you can win my mug and some Joe coffee in there if you can tell me who grows the most coffee in the world. Is it the USA, Canada, or Brazil? Definitely Brazil. Yeah, it sure is. You're a winner. Congratulations. Wow. Yeah, you're so excited. Blessings, little ones. All right. She'll be drinking coffee no matter what. Thank you so, so much. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. I don't want to, uh, you know, forget to pray for the uh, effort in Florida for rescue, especially early this morning. If there are people that um, just were there and got trapped somehow, not blaming them really you know but overnight they were saying well we can't get to you now so uh, we we pray for you wish you the best if you can hang on till in the morning so a lot of water of course going around and uh, you know and and just about everybody around here knows somebody in florida we've got relatives or something like that and i'm sure most of them will be okay we have uh, lisa berry's lives there with her husband ken and uh, so we just to let you know we'll put them on your prayer list uh, this morning, they're on the West Coast. Now, my friend uh, Lisa, uh, not on the West Coast, are you, anymore? So you'd be okay, right? I think we're going to be okay. We're just going to have, like, a tropical storm. They're preparing. They, this is not their first rodeo. But you know what? God is good. That's all I can say. Wow. You don't give me more than you can't handle, right? You yeah. should be okay. No different than y'all getting ready for those snowstorms. That's true. <laughs> thank you for reminding you know, me of that. Yeah. Oh, you will. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Hey, I am Joe, and it's National Coffee Day, so I thought I'd have some fun on Cup of Joe Morning Show. And you can win some Joe coffee. That's what it is. And I'll put it in the one and only Cup of Joe Morning Show travel mug. We're playing coffee trivia coming up in about 7.15, 7.20, right? I, uh, I found out that uh, a uh, coffee, the word coffee, comes from the Arabic which makes sense, Arabic word for wine. And I was like, Arabic word for wine? Wait a minute. Did we mess up that whole Jesus at the wedding thing, turning the water into wine? Maybe he turned the water into coffee or something. You've got serious thrill issues, dude. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Oh, you look like a man who could use more coffee. The Sound of Life. Cup of Joe Morning Show on this National Coffee Day. One more opportunity to get some Joe Knows Coffee. Or it's just Joe Coffee, I guess. Um, it's on the way, and we'll put it in the Cup of Joe Morning Show travel mug for you if you're the first person with the correct answer. Um, it's interesting because some of the places that I've had the opportunity to travel to take great pride in their coffee. I was looking. I haven't been to Puerto Rico, uh, but they take great pride in their coffee. They do. They say, well, it's 100% error. It's, uh, air, air, can I say it right? Arabic? Arabica. Arabica coffee. Yeah. And there's another kind that, for some reason, they don't want in there. Well, all coffees that's sold around here, the Joe coffee is 100% Arabica. I can't say it. 
But they say, oh, it's not like anywhere else in the world. I've been to Jamaica. That's Blue Mountain Coffee. They take great pride in that. Hawaii, Kona Coffee. But you can't top, probably, Ethiopia. I mean, their languages are Maric, right? Coffee is comes from an Aramaic word. I mean, you know, it's the dawn of civilization. You're very close, if not right on it, right there, right? And I just remember sitting out. And, and those people, there's lots of families. They basically, they're down to their last little bag of popcorn that they'll make for you. That's all they got. And they got coffee. And they have a little serving tray with a little espresso-type cups that they serve it in. And it has to be the way coffee was made. Had to be, if it was made in biblical times, over a little coal fire, right? And they have these very distinctive black ceramic pots. Should have gotten one. And they mix the water in there. I imagine they, they know how long it takes to get to, what, 200 degrees or something. And they put the coffee in it, and and you know, I mean, you're sitting there as uh, uh, to be hospitable. You're going to taste it, of course, and uh, it, it is very fr- flavorful. It really is. It may be they may be right. It may be the best coffee in the world. Most people, of course, here wouldn't make it that way. You wouldn't know how to make it that way. How do they know, right? How do they know? Is it timing? I mean, I didn't see anybody. There's no timer set or anything. Must be smell. It has to be. It's just an incredible mystery how it's made, right? And uh, it is pretty good. They put a little sugar in it, and I said, "Oh yeah, you're you're my people." So that's pretty cool. So opportunity to win some Joe coffees coming up. So stay wow, tuned. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Here we go. All right, very simple. First person on the hotline with the correct answer, then you win the coffee. It will be in the Cup of Joe Morning Show travel mug on this National Coffee Day. All right. The hotline, by the way, is 800-946-1765. Espresso. We all know about that now. We know how to pronounce it now. Took a while. Espresso means what in Italian? What does it mean in Italian? Really dark, small cup, or pressed out? All right. So call me right now. The hotline's up. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Here we go. Yeah. On this National Coffee Day, anybody want the coffee in a mug? Coffee in a mug changes things up a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> sure does. You were calling in this morning. Yes. Got Belinda right there. How you doing, Belinda? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Glad you got through. Do you want my uh, coffee and mug? I sure do. Okay. I love coffee. <laughs> All right. Here's the question. Espresso means what in Italian? Really dark, small, cup, or pressed out? Pressed out. Pressed out. It is correct. Yes, you got the coffee and the mug. Congratulations. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Belinda. The sound of life. Cool story for you before you get on a bus. Or whatever you have to do. You know, seals are incredibly curious, aren't they? I I think it has to it probably gets them in trouble, but I don't know. They jump on the back of your boat. I mean, what other animal is going to do that? I, I, I don't know. But this one seal got to be uh, kind of a, a, a you know, he, he was a celebrity because he got into a pond over in Massachusetts. And they called him Schubert because he was there for about a week and they saw him. 
and he was in the shoe pond in Beverly, Massachusetts. So they call him Schubert. I thought it was really cute. Now, that re- he got in there via a drain. So he's in his natural habitat, and he looks, and there's a drain pipe. Oh, wonder what's in there. That'd be cool to go into. Fun, huh? That's what we do, right? We're looking at a, at a drain pipe. Red flags going up everywhere. Oh, let's go look. <laughs> it's like, okay. But the seal didn't get in trouble, and I guess after a week, he's like, Okay, I got this figured out. He kind of, they think he turned himself in because he he came over to the side door of the police station. <laughs> he did. They're incredibly, I tell you, they're amazing. So everybody showed up, the police, animal control officers, firefighters, you know, everybody's got to be in on the SEAL rescue, including Noah, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Who knew they had a wildlife division? They do now. <laughs> oh, we got to take care of the seal. But the good news is they put him in the Mystic Aquarium. Yeah. So you can take kids go see Schubert. The Sound of Life. Talking about the seal. I'd love to have a seal as a pet. I think that'd be kind of cool, but they'd have to have water. And then after a while, obviously, the seal was like, I mean, a week, the seal was like, okay, I know where I can get help. But I was kind of wondering if maybe you had like a pet squirrel. There are people that do that. You know, deer. I'm not an advocate of feeding wild animals, any kind, sharks, bears especially, they're on the top of the list. But you might have a wild animal, I'd love to hear about that, right? Yeah, it'd be kind of cool, yes, Lindy, got got a pet, got a pet animal? I have a snake that hangs out in my garden, I call him Jake. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just a black snake. That is very, you got the best attitude about that. That is really cool, <laughs> I didn't expect that, I really didn't. Well, he doesn't bother me, and I don't bother him. Bingo. I talk to him once in a while. There you go. You do what once in a while? I I talk to him once in a while. Face to face? Well, yeah, because he's in my garden. Okay. The sound of life. Now, if you're a kid, and I don't even know what that is anymore, but, you know, if you're an old curmudgeon like me, then you definitely remember this song. You may not remember the keyboard player, but he's making a big splash right now about his faith. I'll just I'll just preview that, okay? We guys, we always sang this song in the car, didn't we? We didn't want people to know we did, but boy, we got to this part. We loved it. Don't stop I could sing. That's not Jonathan Kane. He Jonathan is the keyboard player and the writer of the song Don't Stop Believing by Journey. I don't know how he sang that song more than once, but we all sang it in the car. But some believe that the journey matters more than the destination. It certainly holds true for Mr. Jonathan Kane before he became the keyboardist and songwriter. For the rock band Journey, Jonathan was searching for something more. And after surviving near-death experience at a young age, his faith was rattled. He turned to his father, who became an instrumental figure in his life. No matter the hardship, Jonathan's father believed that the best was yet to come. He even encouraged Jonathan to pursue the path of music. So you, and I'm going to give you the opportunity because I'm going to post this on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page. So if you like me, you'll see it in your news feed. Jonathan reveals the true source behind one of the most popular songs of all time. 
And he's going to share what inspires him to never stop believing. All right? So look for it. I'm going to post it on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page just for you. So I am sick. The sound of life. Hey, I'm Joe and Kelly Corday. We got to be friends. She uh, works at another radio station. In fact, she's a program director, so I was taking notes. <laughs> but she, she's been around radio a long time. Some big time uh, Christian radio stations in Nashville and Dallas and commercial radio stations, St. Louis. So, uh, you know, she's a wonderful person, wonderful person. One of the things, and she's on for Doug Hanna in the Midday Cafe. She's been there all week, and that's going to come to an end on Friday. Trying to figure out how to get it back, but that's another story. But one of the things that characterizes her is that she's been through quite a bit of grief. Uh, She's a mother of three now. She's a single mother of three. She lost her husband, Dan, seven years ago. And I wanted to ask Kelly. I did. I got a hold of her. Uh, Do you have advice about this whole grief thing? The one piece of advice that helped me the most with every time I fell into a place of of deep grief, because, you know, grief, grief is in, it's a cycle, but what people don't tell you is you cycle back through over and over until you're kind of, you're cycling out of it, but you're still cycling. I still cycle into, even seven and a half years later, moments like that, but they're, they're, there is a lot more time between, you know, the, the harder moments. But the thing that helped me the most was I had a widower friend at the time, and I had, my husband and I, Dan and I, had been involved in his cancer foundation. It was a cancer and loss foundation, and basically what they did was send families who had cancer in the family, the mom or the dad, with the kids struggling at home, sent them on vacation. So we had a ton of fun with it because we could like pick the family, pick the trip they're going to go on, do all the, you know, just kind of like a radio station promotion, but for cancer families. And we got to be the first family to go. But then, so fast forward and I lose Dan and that same widower called me. I mean, I was in the pits of grief. Mm. And I think what happens is the hardest with grief is that we fight against it and what he said was this he said you just underwent surgery you had something really like you had a really important part of you removed this is supposed to hurt this is hard and once you can accept that i mean once you i mean that's life in general i think once you accept that life is a whole lot of positive and a whole lot of negative too and there's no way around it none of us get out of here alive secondly and all of us get to struggle once you accept that it's a lot easier to get back up and take the next step i think reaching the heart of the northeast the sound of life a lot of talk about aaron judge and the 61 home runs you know tying roger maris's record he uh very likely could be the new home run record in the american league uh, after this weekend, tonight they start a series with Baltimore at Yankee Stadium. So, I, you know, very likely could come. I mean, if pitchers pitch to him, <laughs> you got to pitch to him. <laughs> you know, he holds the record. This, this Somebody keeps track of everything. Aaron Judge has the Major League Baseball record for pitches thrown in the strike zone, but below the knees. Called strike. 
30. I think 30 this year he's had called it. Ah, that is tough when, when you've got the patience that he does to be able to do that. But, of course, the, the history kids, the baseball histories you had on this day in 1927, Babe Ruth hit 60 home runs. That was a big deal. It took 34 years before Roger Maris, also a New York Yankee, hit 61 home runs. So, obviously, it's it's hard to do, hitting around that 60 home run mark. He beat it by one. That was it. It took 61 more years before Aaron Judge hit 61 home runs and will very likely set a new record, maybe 62 or something. But you see how hard it is to do. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, wait a minute. We've got guys in the National League that did 70-some home runs. Right. Well, in the meantime, you had performance-enhancing drugs become developed and testing for those drugs, right? So in that period where you had the PEDs, as they're called, you had players hit in the 70-some range. And it's interesting to see, isn't it, how... They, I mean, Aaron Judge would be the first one to tell you. Barry Bonds holds the record. 73 home runs. No doubt, no doubt about it. But, boy, there sure is a lot of talk. And one, one uh, sportscaster said it's like climbing Mount Everest in the old days. Edmund Hillary, Sir Edmund Hillary, people who did it in the, in the what, what he did it in 57, 60s, you know, they did it without bottled oxygen. It's very difficult to do. Very difficult. Nowadays, you have the development of bottled oxygen. He said that's like a performance enhancer. No doubt about it. And people all over the place are climbing Mount Everest. He said that's kind of the difference. It's interesting, isn't it, to see that? I just thought I'd throw that out there because, you know, my advice is if you have an opportunity, it's going to be tempting to enhance that performance, you know, artificially. It's one thing to work out, right? Eat the good best cereal you can, all that stuff. But, you know, it, it see how history is proving you're in a much better light when you just did it on your own accord, right? You take your God-given ability and, and work with that. That's my advice. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't imagine traveling to school every day without it. It helps me um, in my prayer over our school and our students and teachers. So thank you for all that you do. The Sound of Life. So I wanted to mention Brother Andrew. You may know that name. He was born Andrew Vanderbij or something. I that's I, it's it's um from the Netherlands, but he's best known as Brother Andrew because he just had an affectionate way, an infectious way about him. You know, he was he was a brother to everybody. He passed away a couple of days ago, a few days ago. He was ninety four years old. He is famous for smuggling Bibles, okay? Now, nowadays, you just download a Bible. That's kind of, I mean, a few years ago, you went from, you know, a, a Bible on a very small little device, and then now you just download it. That, that's what makes it so tough for places like China, the Taliban, people like that. They, they just have to monitor your electronic stuff because it's very difficult to find out if you have a Bible. But, but boy, they're sure going to try to find out. But can you imagine having Bibles like you have at home, like you take to church in your hand, a regular good old-fashioned Bible, and you've got cases of them in the back of your car, and you're trying to get over the border of communist Romania back in the day. 
and you've got these Bibles sitting there. How in the world did he do that? I mean, that is biblical proportion bravery right there. And he has one of the famous stories. He's just sitting there, and they're checking cars. They're they're going, they're looking, they're checking cars. And he just basically said, "Lord, I I don't know what to do. I I, I you know I'm just he's inching along. Imagine that sitting there with him, be like, Lord, take us now, <laughs> right now. You know, I don't want to go through this." And, and he, you know, every vehicle, they're searching, going over the border. He said, dear Lord, what am I going to do? And moments later, he came up with an idea that would ultimately prove successful. He said, I know that no amount of cleverness on my part can get me through this border search. Dare I ask for a miracle? Let me take some of the Bibles out and leave them in the open where they will be seen. After reaching the guard post, the guard looked at his passport and waved him through. <laughs> he's, he's looking. He said, I coasted forward, my foot poised above the brake. Nothing happened. I looked out the rear mirror. The guard was waving the next car to stop. He, you know, they're going to check the next car. He said, I just rolled on in. Um, a million and a half Christian books, 300,000 Bibles. That's what they do every day. He's, he, Brother Andrew took Bibles into Poland, Czechoslovakia, Yugoslavia, East Germany, Bulgaria, Soviet bloc countries. If you don't know what that is, kids, look it up. It's a fun time back in the day. It was fun for everybody in the world because God was at work in some incredible, miraculous ways. You've been listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast on the Sound of Life, the Hudson Valley's 100% listener-funded Christian radio station. For more information on upcoming events, contests, to ask for prayer, and to become a member of the Sound of Life family by supporting the station, visit us at soundoflife.org.